Gamadaru, welcome to Rich Black Women, a podcast from First Nations Foundation that follows the stories of culture, strength, challenge and resilience from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women within their personal and professional lives. Our conversations aim to deepen awareness about the unique economic inequities First Nations women face, explore professional success and connection to culture, empower financial well-being through shared experiences and learnings and build community and allies. I'm Larisha Jerome, proud Jadawa, Waka Waka and Willy Willy woman, leading the Indigenous Women's Financial Wellness Network at First Nations Foundation that aims to build financial prosperity and intergenerational wealth for Indigenous women in Australia and their families and communities. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land I'm on today. We are the traditional and only custodians of country across Australia. I acknowledge the continuing connection to the land, waters, skies and communities. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples continue to maintain their wisdom and rich culture, the oldest continuous culture on the planet, despite having experienced genocide, dispossession and colonisation. I pay my respects to our elders past and present. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Alira is a proud Yordyora woman and renowned wellness practitioner that is fully immersed in her culture. She's built a strong platform advocating for cultural diversity, body positivity and mental well-being and works to debunk mainstream wellness narratives to ensure diverse representation and decolonization in her industry and beyond. She's also just released her first book about life, loss, spirituality and women's intuition. In this motivating episode, we talk about affirming your worth and asking for it, having strong money boundaries, coming back from rock bottom and why it's important to have open and honest money conversations with friends. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Alira. Before we get started, um, do you want to just tell us who your mob is and where you're from? Yeah, so hi everyone, my name is Alira. I'm a proud Yoda Yoda woman and I'm currently living, breathing, dancing on Wadarong Country down in Geelong. Yeah, lovely. So first question, um, you know, you have so many hustles and projects on the go. What drove you to work for yourself and build your own growing empire? I love that. My empire, it's still growing, my big mm-hmm. empire. Um, I just, I mean, growing up, I had always envisioned myself working for me and only me. I'd done so many roles like in hospitality and in the corporate world that I just got to a point where I was like, I know that I want to work for myself. I just didn't know what I wanted to be doing. And I guess for me, like I've just been through so much in my life that it's led me to this whole like spirituality side, but also like the content creation side on social media as well too. So I always knew that I'd be, yeah, working for myself, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and it really, you know, puts yourself back in your own power, being in control of your whole life completely. Mm. Yeah, so you've recently wrote um, your book, Wild and Witchy, all about self-love, manifestation and spirituality. Um, And in it, you mentioned financial insecurity. Mm -hmm. How did you navigate this and turn um, your life around to really cultivate um, that financial independence into your life? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm really honest and open. Growing up, I had a mum who was, you know, a single mum. She worked, like, three or four jobs at one time just to put, like, food on the table. So money has always, 
and had always been something that was like negative in our household. And so I knew like as I grew that I needed to sort of turn that into a positive and understand that money has value. I did in the last couple of years sort of hit rock bottom with my finances because I was really unstable with my mental well-being. At one point, I had like $200 in my bank account and no savings, no nothing. And that's kind of scary, like looking back, thinking, you know, I was just scraping the end of the barrel. And then I got to a point where I guess my business just sort of started thriving in that respect. And I started turning my relationship around with money. And now I'm sort of in a really healthy financial position at the moment, which is like, really crazy and really good because I think I'm sort of like the only family member at the moment that's like pretty comfortable and I think that's pretty successful in itself. Yeah and also you know we talk about healing ourselves is generational wealth especially embedding that within our family units as well Um, and I love that you mentioned before you know spiritually you want to have that financial contentment and mentally that financial wellness so bringing that all together really cultivates um, building the foundations of financial independence for sure Mm, yeah and how is your work um, really linked to your culture um, in your community Yeah, I love that. So initially when I started, I guess, doing my intuitive readings and the energy healings, I knew that I needed to somewhat give back in that respect and also like bring in my eyes cultural safety and awareness into my practices because working in the wellness space, we see so many white people not following any sort of, you know, cultural safety, which I thought was really, you know, problematic in itself. So me stepping into the wellness space, I knew I wanted to be that point of difference. And I actually offer my services to mob who maybe can't afford my services. I'll say, that's fine. Like I like do, we're doing it for free. Like I'm gifting you a reading or a healing or a coaching session, whatever it may be. And that's sort of my way giving back. But also I just, I think with my business itself, it's it's different in that respect because me working in the wellness space, I do have those acknowledgement of countries before we start any service. I do have cultural safety throughout each of my practices. And I think a lot of, I guess, non-Indigenous people, they really respect that and really love that because there's just none of that in the wellness space at the moment. Yeah, and definitely bringing that allyship between non-Indigenous and Indigenous healers as well. Um, And what do you think is different, um, you know, other than that on how you approach business rather than working with just in like with mob, also with um, non-Indigenous mob as well? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I get more out of working with mob. I don't know what it is. I just Mm -hmm. feel like it's that healing connection as well too and it's connecting with other mob, especially when we're just doing it like via Zoom or whatever. I think that's really cool, especially like with the pandemic. That's how I connected with everybody and I was running like weekly healing sessions for mob and stuff via Zoom and that was really special. Um, And then doing it with non-Indigenous people, it's amazing because people just – want to learn more about culture and they want to do better and be better, which I think is really powerful in itself. Yeah, of course. Tell us a bit more about um, how you navigate tricky business decisions um, or conversations when it comes to money. Yeah, I mean, it's always, money is a, a touchy subject, isn't it? And it's always something that people will either want to talk about or not want to talk about. 
I was always that person that never wanted to talk about money, never negotiate about money because I had this fear because I would sort of mesh security and fear together. And I'm like, oh, money, I don't want to talk about that. But now I'm at a point where I have to understand that money's good to me. Money's always flowing in. Money's like helping me pay my bills and things like that. So I'm navigating it interestingly at the moment. I think I'm just at the point where I'm like, pay me like a white rich man. Mm -hmm. I say that to like my manager. I'm like, pay me like a white rich man because it's about time black women, we need to be paid like equally. It's that simple. Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree. What's your advice around feeling worthy and asking for what you want within your work, especially as a woman and as a black woman here in Australia? Yeah, I mean, it took me a little while to really understand my worth. And I think that sort of falls down into that whole self-love journey for me. It got to a point where I know that I work really hard just as much as everybody else. And I got to a point where I was like, I'm actually worthy of being paid to do things. I'm worthy of receiving that money just as much as everybody else around me. So I just had to sort of enforce and affirm to myself that I'm worthy of like receiving anything. So is that part of your, you know, your daily affirmations, doing those self-concept sort of affirmations? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So yeah. daily affirmations, my cards, I'm always just like, yes, girl, like you are worthy of receiving this. You're open to receiving that abundance because I think there's power in saying that to yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, we want that, you know, reaffirmance that we are abundant and completely capable, especially, you know, so many of us women, um, we're working within these spaces and we need to remember our worth and our power when we do do the work that we do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So why is First Nations representation um, more needed within the wellness world? I think it's really needed because I say to people, like, we have to think as of the wellness space as something that's not just a yoga space and the gym. We have to think of it as it's the active wear that we're wearing. It's the protein that we're drinking. That's all wellness. And I think like black people stepping into this space, it needs to be done. We need to see diversity. We need to see inclusion. And I think that's where I've been able to sort of like curate my content and work with brands to be like, why aren't you using First Nations people in your campaigns? Like, tell me more about why you want to work with me. Is this tokenistic? Is this going to be a long-term relationship? So these are the conversations that I'm constantly having because I just am like, I'm sick of seeing white people in advertising, to be quite frank. And I just am like, let's see some like colour up in some like advertisements and some billboards. And especially around that representation within the wellness world, because spirituality is Indigenous. So why aren't we having this in every single part of our life, especially, you know, within the yoga spaces, within the wellness spaces, organisations that work also with within these spaces. So making us, you know, at the forefront of all of this, it's, yeah, it's crazy that it's gotten to this point now when we're in 2022 and we're still navigating these spaces. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So what else do you think, um, you know, is needed to get there? I mean, I think brands need to be open to being diverse and not it being tokenistic as well too. I think that's really, really important. I think we do have a long way to go, don't we? We really do. I think small steps are really good um, for bigger, bigger change. Why did you get to learn about financial literacy and taking care of your money? I... Well, I guess sort of growing up with a single mum and not having a lot of money, I didn't want to fall into 
that trap. I didn't want to be working X amount of jobs. So I just knew that I had to understand money. I needed to understand the value around it as well too and understand that I needed money in my bank account to be able to like pay for all the things that I wanted to do. So I think like the education for me was really important and I work with my team to understand more about like where I should be putting my money. Should I be investing my money here? Should I be putting it into a savings account? Should I be going and buying my first house? Like where should my money be going? So I think I have a really healthy relationship at the moment because I constantly want to be educated on money. Mm-hmm. And where do you go um, for that financial literacy education? Um, do you have like a financial advisor or are you doing this as self-help and self-development yourself? Yeah, a bit of everything. So financial advisor, I have my accountant's great. And then my manager, she's really good as well, too, because she sort of educates me on my worth and like, where I should be putting the money and things like that. But I'm always, I'm always self-developing. I'm always listening to like money podcasts, because I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I could do that with my money. And I didn't realize I should be investing in that, or I should be putting like more in my super and things like that as well, too. Yeah. Do you have any, um, you know, any money stories that you can share with our listeners? Um, You know, something that you've learned from and how you've navigated that and gotten yourself back to, you know, a better position? Yeah. I mean, I think money stories for me, it's always like I'm making sure that I'm ahead of my bills. I'm always making sure that I'm in sort of like, I guess, a couple of weeks ahead, like with rent, with like any of like my utilities. I know that sounds like really just like simple, but especially if like money's a little bit short one week, then I know that I'm ahead of everything, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm always conscious of putting money away each week. I think that's really important as well to put money away in that savings account. And that also, you know, links with having those saving goals and, you know, rewarding yourself along the way. So it keeps you focused on that end goal. Another question, because, you know, um, I love your book, um, Wild and Witchy. I really want to know about, more about the manifestation side. Um, How do you embed that within your life? Yeah, I mean, I love manifesting. It's like the best thing. And I think that's where people, they want to learn more about it because they want to know how to like bring in that abundance. So manifesting is where we're essentially curating our own life and sort of envisioning what we would like to bring into our world. So for instance, if I'm manifesting money, I'm always like writing it down on a piece of paper and visualizing those dollar figures in my bank account and knowing my worth and knowing that that's coming to me. So yeah, in my little book, I have like all these tools and sort of rituals for people to follow in order to bring in that abundance or bring in like a career change or a bit of love, whatever it may be. And what's part of your financial self-care practices? Um, What do you do to, you know, really embed that within your life? Yeah, I mean, I'm really tight with my money. People like laugh at me, but I'm really tight with my money because I like seeing it sitting in my bank account. (laughs) People like spend your money and I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of like it's nice just knowing that it's there. But I've become really like tight with my money. I'm always like, do I really need this? Especially if I'm buying like a piece of clothing. I'm like, is this a need or a want? Mm -hmm. Do I actually need to spend my money on this? So I'm really conscious of my spending. Yeah. And also, you know, being conscious of your money, how do you deal with humbugging? You know, we've always got family members that will ring us up on payday and ask for a loan and sometimes we'll never get that back. So, you know, how do you honour your own boundaries within your money? Because you say that, 
you know, you're really tight with money. And, you know, sometimes I am as well. And sometimes I'll just be like, oh, you know, if you want food, I'll go and buy the food for you. I won't lend out money. So yeah, how do you navigate that, you know, in honoring your own boundaries with money? Yeah, exactly that. It's not, I'm not afraid to sort of say, no, I can't. I can't actually give you money this week because I need the money in my bank account. Um, And I know like some family will be like, oh, but you make so much money. And it's like, yeah, but I also put a lot of money away that I don't touch. So I'm really strong in those boundaries. But exactly what you've said, I'll go and buy that stuff and drop it at your door sort of thing. Because I think it's important, like especially when you work really hard for your money. Also, we mentioned before just around, you know, those conversations around money and how we can release those self-limiting beliefs around money shame. Do you have any, you know, tips around how we can overcome this thinking? Yeah, I mean, that's where I sort of started to do the affirmations every day when it came to money. I would say things like, you know, I am worthy of receiving this money Um, money is good to me because I always thought money was a bad thing whereas I had to change my mindset to be like money is good and it's okay like I have enough money in my bank account to pay for these bills and pay for whatever I need to pay for so I think the mindset is the key and understanding that money is good. What's your advice for other women that are navigating you know these worlds in the you know the healing space in the economy that we're in today? I mean, I suppose the advice is is just like protect your boundaries, protect yourself, understand that you work hard and, you know, you've earned that money as well too. Put those little dollars away in your savings account because it all adds up at the end of the day. I think that's so important because I think we live in such a world where everything's very materialistic and everything looks really nice on paper, but it's like, let's be smart with our money. Let's put it away. Let's invest. Let's put it like, so we're securing our future. You know, with the work that you do um, today, what barriers have you faced um, yourself because of your background within, you know, the work that you do now? I think, I mean, there's always going to be barriers, isn't there? I mean, like not only am I a woman, I'm black woman. I'm also a queer woman as well too. So I fit into all these minorities where I think sometimes that does hold me back from a lot of things. But also I'm very vocal and I'm very like, I'll ask the the questions and I'll say, why wasn't I in your eyes good enough to be able to do this campaign or why aren't you using X, Y, Z? So I think I got to a point where at the start of my career, I was really like, oh, I'm not good enough. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, tell me more. Like, why didn't you choose me? Or what's the issue? Like, I want to know more. But then again, that comes down to that worth and just I always have in the back of my mind that like a door closing, yeah, that's like the rejection, but it's also a redirection to something bigger and better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you say that. Um, You know, one of my favourite quotes is, you never ever will miss out on something that's meant for you. And yeah, that's exactly what you just said just then. Yeah, I just want to go into how do you understand um, financial well-being and that impacting your whole general well-being? Yeah, I mean, I'm always, like I said, I feel like being tight with your money is like really good. It's nothing wrong with that. And I think that like makes me feel calm and makes me feel like secure knowing that there's money there and that's okay. Um, Yeah, I hope that sort of answers the question. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, within your, um, you know, your family unit and your friendship unit, how do you, you know, support those conversations around money you know are you talking about it are you talking about your savings goals how do you keep yourself accountable within your friendship 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm really lucky because a lot of my friends have their own businesses and we're not afraid to have those conversations. And I've got one of my best mates, he owns his own business and we we talk about the money that we make and we talk about the jobs that we're getting like paid for as well too because it's healthy to have these conversations so um I caught up with a mate for breakfast this morning we were talking about yeah cool like should we buy a house like is this like the right thing to do like how much do we need for a deposit and we were showing each other like our savings accounts because we were like this is healthy this is okay to do this because it almost like peps you up to be like oh I can do this I can get to like that 50k goal or whatever it may be so I think it's healthy to have those conversations as a motivator for you to like you know put more money away or work that a little bit harder yeah I love that as well you know that transparency um normalizing those money conversations because so many of our mob um you know we have that money shame and we don't want to talk about money because we've never been in full control of our own money you know stolen wages and things like that have happened so we're kind of you know redressing you know years and years and years of generational trauma before we do go do you have any um last minute advice or words of affirmations to share um with any of our listeners yeah I think definitely change your mindset around money and put it in a positive context you may not have the money that you desire right now but you have to understand that it's coming to you and I think having solid affirmations daily is going to bring in abundance love that thank you so much Alira um, for joining us and having a yarn with us today thank you so much for having me Thanks for listening today and following us on this journey. Don't forget, you can join our free private Indigenous Women's Financial Wellness Network on Facebook to connect and learn more about good money habits in a safe space with inspirational women from First Nations communities all across Australia, where we make financial self-care and financial wellness a self-development commitment.